Pandemonium Reigns. Pandemonium Reigns podcast. What is up? Happy Friday once again. We are here uh, doing this thing. We are just again talking off season, um, talking good. There's really, there's really no bad. Let's be honest. There's really no bad. Baseball, one loss to start the season. Basketball, one and zero to to begin the four game gauntlet that ends the season with one of the best all time basketballers in the midst of a heater. Football. <laughs> Winning in court, uh, Nico, eligible. Spring practice, 16 days away, people. We are 16 days out from pr- spring practice number one because it is March, which is bananas. We are one-sixth of the way through 2024, and if those two months are any indication, we'll be watching football before we know it. But that's not all that we're here to talk about today. Like I mentioned, uh, and and disclaimer, we obviously don't talk a ton of basketball because what can we say? Your boys are we're busy guys. It's hard to get one episode out a week. It's definitely hard to talk when we when you get into multiple games a week. But obviously, we got to have a small conversation about basketball at minimum. They're doing things that that are defying some of the narratives that at least the the preconceived narratives and notions of my mind. When I think about Rick Barnes teams in general, not just at Tennessee, but in general, but especially with the Tennessee teams, the droughts that even the best teams at times could go through offensively. Boy, those are, they're still happening. I mean, they do happen, but they're not costing Tennessee games the way that they have, over other years, uh, you know, obviously the the South Carolina game, we would love back. The one in Knoxville, the loss. Mississippi State game, early in SEC play, we would love that back. And I think, frankly, you know, games against the the other three losses, your, your North Carolina, Kansas, Purdue, uh, I think those would be a little bit different if they were played out again. And, you know, there's obviously a potential in March when we when the tournament arrives that, that you could see some of those again. Um one thing about them is is I think it is obviously very tough for Adu Awaka to to play against big men of of, of the caliber that those teams possess in uh, Baycott Dickinson uh, Edie, who's the most frustrating player to watch ever, uh, and it's so frustrating to think that he'll be the one to take away Player of the Year honors from Dalton Connect most likely because Connect what what. What can we say? I mean, we've not seen anyone in his realm. I would I would firmly say since Chris Lofton, when you talk about consistency, when you talk about thirty plus point games, that's that's been rare air um, in my lifetime of watching Tennessee basketball. I was talking to my old man who's watched Tennessee basketball for for obviously since before I was born, and obviously there are legends. There's Bernard King. There's Ernie Grunfeld. There's Dell Ellis. There's so many guys. Tony Watt. There's so many guys that have come through. Allen Houston. Don't want him to forget him. But Dalton Connect is just bringing flashes maybe of all those guys. He's doing Chris Lofton type things with the caveat that he's like four to six inches taller and can dunk on your head and, and still shoot over someone like Janai Broom, who is frankly – one of the one of the another one of those really good post players that I do and Awaka have had to contend with, um, and Tennessee finally got a win in in such a game. You know what I mean? Um, I just to 
I know I mentioned the other losses. I don't know what else could have been done necessarily in uh, College Station because that was quite a buzzsaw situation, and you saw Tennessee get vengeance at home, you know, a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of days ago. But what a tear they're on! Loving it, very hopeful. Um, not in my usual mindset of gosh, March is just going to hurt. You know, the SEC tournament's just going to hurt. It could, and ultimately one team walks away a champion out of a field of 68 that are all in do-or-die situations, but you've got to have hope when you talk about connect. When you talk about times that other guys have picked him up this season, even though that's that's not been the norm, um, and he's really not had many off nights to, to really talk about. But, I mean, it's a deep squad. Adu and Awaka playing some good ball right now. Ziegler playing some of the best pure point guard ball that that again talking about my lifetime talking about mainly you know Bruce Pearl and beyond because of the the bad before then though there were moments in my life and, and obviously well before it but playing some of the best pure one guard basketball that there is um can hit it from deep he is so so clean with distributing the ball so fierce on defense you love to see it and then you talk about the bench when you bring a defender uh an all-around player at times, like Meshack off the bench, when you bring uh, a, a Ganey in who can hit at least that one three-pointer over there on that side of the court, if you know what I'm talking about. Things are really encouraging. You've got the the, the veteran leadership of Vescovy and, and JJJ, and I just think anything that they give you is is magical and and really makes this team feel different and and play different at times. And it's, it's beautiful to see, but... Dalton Connect, man, just at times carrying the state of Tennessee on his shoulders. It's it's so fun when someone is when he when he gets a microphone in his face, so humble, but is such a killer when the lights are on, when when the game is live, he's such a killer. He will shoot on you no matter where you're at, who who you are, doesn't matter. And and that's been fun and big to see. I would like to I'd like to just present a scenario where Tennessee football, let's say Tennessee football closed a season out with, with a similar stretch of, in this case, Auburn at home, at Alabama, at South Carolina, hosting Kentucky. And in this situation, you know, Auburn is Auburn. You know, Auburn might be, because they, they rank so well offensively and defensively, they might be like like a historical or, or an Alabama of, of late where they're just loaded and they perform really well statistically. Um, and you get them at home to start a four-game stretch. Then you go to Alabama. That's like you go to who's the number one offense in the country or really in the SEC. It's it's an SEC slate. So you go to, I mean, again, you name it. You go to an offensive juggernaut. You go to, to Ole Miss where Lane Kiffin's got, got it firing on all cylinders offensively. And then you go to the upstart program. So let's say you go to Missouri from 2023 or you go to, you know, you name it. You go. You go to the upstart program of the year at their place. Uh, obviously, you don't play anybody twice in the regular season in in football, but you know, think about it. And then you close with one of your most bitter rivals, uh, another team who can absolutely dominate offensively, is not at all quite there on the whole of the season defensively in Kentucky. Just imagine. If, if Tennessee football closed out a stretch like that, it would be like the 2020 season where it was all SEC. 
and you know you're vying for a playoff spot obviously it's different with, with how different the fields are but just imagine a scenario where you closed out your regular season like that and you're contending to win the conference outright win a a, a tie for it a share of it which again we won't see in football because someone's going to have either a head-to-head victory or there's going to be a tiebreaker down the line um and that you know a lot of that will be decided tomorrow in Tuscaloosa against a team who can score 110 on any given night and will they will test you because they will they will they will shoot from any they they have the connect mentality even if they don't hit that shot that night they're going to jack it up they're they're going to run and gun it's going to be a, a dunk a layup a, a a runner or a three and then they're going to get to the free throw line a, you know usually a ton uh, because of again that style of play, and again, you, no matter what happens, you're talking about the upstart program of the year, who's looking, who who has looked really. I mean, the turnaround at South Carolina has been phenomenal, and you're going to close it out with an offensive juggernaut who is, I thought coming into their own, coming into their best ball of the year prior to the LSU loss, which was crazy because of the lead that they had at points in that game, and because of the the game winning shot that was hit. But again, Kentucky can fill up the basket. It is, again, it, it's your most hated rival in, in basketball. Nobody's beaten them more times than you have. So there's no need for, for really any, like, the storylines write themselves. The drama writes itself. It is a soap opera. Um, there's, a you know, Calipari on the sidelines whining and moaning and flailing and crying. And, and you've already beat them at their place, which... I'm sure they're thrilled about because of the way their season's gone. And that's what you, again, that's what you close your season out with. Connect is going to need to average 25 in my mind, minimum. He's he's obviously proven so capable of doing that, but it's going to be so wildly fun to uh, to sit and, and take it in as we, as we go from here. But yeah, uh, had to touch on the stretch that remains, the impressive, very nice win over Auburn when, uh, you looked in danger, and you looked at peril of an offensive drought in the middle of that game when they flipped your nine-point lead, I think it was, into a six- or eight-point lead of their own. Um, you know, not a not a entire uh, scoreless run for Tennessee, but nasty one nonetheless. Uh, with with a foul up and down the court every trip, it was it was lovely basketball there to to start the second half. Um, and I know we don't talk about them enough, so going to go ahead and do that. Today, since we have the opportunity, since you know, we're we're again just trucking through the football off season, um, and again give them a shout out. Obviously, obviously hoping for the best during the the brutal run to close the season, and then hoping to get hot wherever March takes them. Um, you know, I don't know that the the number the last number one seed benefits you all that much more than the the first number two seed, just in terms of who could be in your bracket. You know. Maybe the pressure of of the first number one seed in school history. I don't I don't know, um, but I can't wait to see. You know, I can't wait to see what happens. It's a lot more hopeful of a scenario for me than it is sometimes. You know, what's going to happen? How are we going to get put out this year? Could happen. One team wins it all. One team wins it all, and, and Tennessee's never done it. So let's let's just see what happens. Let's enjoy the ride. Let's enjoy every waking second of of number three. In, in orange and the beautiful cream that we saw on uh, Wednesday night. Those kits are disgustingly good. Um, and let's see where it goes.
I'd like to, you know, can't wait to see, see, see the outcome here. Uh, also want to go ahead and give, uh, take this moment to tell you about our friends, our sponsor, North Forsyth Training and Fitness NFTF, located 4015 Browns Bridge Road. And if you're in the coming area, you need a new gym, you need to change to your life physically, uh, you need a gym where you'll be with your community and with your friends, NFTF is the place for you. Owner, head coach, Jesse Foster, he's got all the credentials and experience to help you reach those goals and provide that spot for you. Uh, morning classes running 5.30, 7.30, and 9. Afternoon classes 3.30, 4.30, 5.30, and 6.30. There is surely a class in that time frame that will fit your schedule. Uh, be that community-driven gym for you. And if you want to check them out, if you're, again, looking for that in your life, give Jesse Foster a call today, 706-633-6609. Make sure to let him know that the boys at Pandemonium Rings Podcast sent you. All right, let's let's talk about what is going on in the football universe. The the predominant conversation lately, I have ranted about it. Um, every show that you've tuned into, you've heard questions about it. You've heard some similar rants about it. I mean, I think I'm up there for hate level for the NCAA, but you've heard the rants, and we finally have the decision with Tennessee obviously winning the what the TRO, the injunction, the initial win goes to Tennessee over the NCAA. Shocker, I know. Uh, you know, everybody was saying the NCAA was going to win for sure. Um, I really want to. I, I really want to start this segment today with a frigid Antarctic level cold take by none other than everyone's favorite uh, follow on Twitter and X when it comes to college football and sports. Blue Bloods Bias, at Blue Bloods Bias is the at there. Blue Bloods Bias, that is a tongue twister on a Friday morning. And this goes back, of course, to when everything was brand new and, you know, the world was falling according to Pat Forty and, and those that we will not get into again. Just in summary, Tennessee is about to get hammered by the NCAA over their recruitment of Nico Iamaliava. Here's why this could get ugly. It was announced that day that the NCAA was investigating it, uh, Tennessee, the third program under investigation from the NCAA this month as the league cracks down on NIL rule breakers. Yeah. Last week, it was announced uh, the NCAA was looking at Florida, similar to uh, Nico's recruitment for Jaden Rashada and his recruitment to Florida, whom he did not, where he did not land, of course. Uh, goes into the four-year, $8 million contract that Blue Bloods Blast Bias knows all about clearly for Nico. Um, points out that these NIL ills would have been illegal at the time. Big old graphic. He's in trouble. Nico's face on it. That feels that feels libelous. That feels like it might come up in a different court case at some point if it was worth the time. Uh, comments were turned off, you know, last week or so when the decision favored Tennessee in that classic. 5 p.m. Friday news dump. One of the other great aspects of this is the tweet at the time was a repost by Pat Forty. Not an article, not a bunch of conjecture and speculation and uh, ill wishes, not well wishes, ill wishes from Pat Forty for his boys at the at the NCAA in Indianapolis to, to take down Tennessee. But 
simply a repost of Adam Sparks, who is one of the goats in, in Knoxville uh, media for the, the fine details and, the, and the, the true meat and potatoes of what happens in things like this. And, you know, his, his quote, uh, a whopping Tennessee gets a win versus the NCAA. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven words and a repost when, again, the, the original story, the original, gosh, story is such a kind word for what he wrote that day at the time of that investigation coming out. Ill wish. I'm just going to go with ill wish. You know, they were, they were soured for old Patty Forty. Um, much to his chagrin, I'm sure, sure he hated to see it. And, you know, there's others that are right there with him. Not as many as those who are, you know, kind of stepping on the grave and, and spitting on the grave of the NCAA. And look, I'm not going to ignore the fact that if, if the, if, if the deal with Nico, if Nico's recruitment was wrong, and I don't think it was wrong because I don't think it was different. If it was, that could obviously have huge changes for the sport and the sports that we love, you know, if the NCAA goes away, it's going to really, really be tough for your non power four or power five blue bloods, or not even blue bloods, your programs with, with either a pulse or the backing of, of a large, you know, financial conference. And I'm, you know, including the guys that sneak in to situations like that, your Vanderbilts, maybe your Rutgers that sneak into a big conference that are, that are holding on there due to tradition and history uh, of being in those conferences, it, it's going to be a real tricky, tough situation if you're not one of those teams, potentially, you know, if the NCAA dies, if there's a split, I recognize that, but the alternative, the the correct alternative is not to punish Tennessee for a recruitment that is industry, industry standard. I mean, come on somebody, it, you know, that is above table, when I've talked about all the below-table deals, the the suitcases, the handshakes, the the actual McDonald's bags in Knoxville or otherwise, you know, is not the the better alternative to above board, above table, somebody else figuring out how to manage it and, and rule it. Because again, it ain't the NCAA, it ain't Indianapolis right now. I don't envy their jobs, but they've done this so much largely to themselves, you know, largely in part to themselves. I mean, come on. I don't, I don't have, I don't have the sympathy. Y'all know this. There's no need to do it again. But Tennessee, it's a shocking win in in this situation. In the initial ruling, uh, the proper language, Tennessee and Virginia, the state and Commonwealth, respectfully, have won their preliminary preliminary injunction against the NCAA. Booster funded NIL collectives can now communicate with high school recruits and transfer portal players in the two states. I mean, tell me that's not been happening. Tell me this is new. I know the term collective is is new slash synonymous with NIL, but below table, greater than sign, below table. It, it's that simple for me. I think that is the way to future parity. If we don't see it right away, don't be shocked. Um, you know, you're still, even if things are above board or above table instead of below table, when when you've got all out efforts and I when I think about all out efforts, I think about like Ohio State. And I know I've talked about this or I think I have, but the the high school class that they put together, I would I would say obviously they took some hits via losses in the portal, but when they went so aggressively, Quinshawn Judkins, uh the Kansas State quarterback, uh, 
you know, from, from last year, Will Howard um, being right there waiting for, for Julian Sayan and taking his, his recruitment. And that was a guy, and, and I know that all programs, including Alabama, talk about prospects like, like Julian Sayan in terms of, you know, the future, different, different prospect. There's all that, right? So you're going to, what, what I'm getting at is, is you're going to have programs, especially with NIL collective and fan support being maybe the future. You're going to have programs that go all out like that. And it could prevent parity and it could create some really dang good teams, but bring it above the table, bring it above board, figure out a way. It's obviously not going to be immediate. There is nothing in place right now, especially with the NCAA taking a hit to govern, to, to monitor, give me a way to do that. Um, and, and give me a way to do that without saying these are now, you know, this is 2024. Here's your rules for NIL in, in August of 2021. If you broke them, we're going to kill you. You know, you're going to be handcuffed and, and hit with sanctions and, and the good old, uh, the joyous investigations, the lengthy processes that, that just never end, all that good, lovely stuff. But, I mean, again, I'll, t- I'll take this alternative, I'll take my chances with it, and I'll roll from there. I really will. It is, it is that simple for me. I've, I've, I've rented on here about it two to three, four times now. And, you know, perhaps, perhaps we're getting towards the end of it. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. On to the NFL Combine uh, taking place, again, oddly enough, in Indianapolis, uh, the place of uh, the target of some of my rants in, in the NCAA situations and, and the unfortunate home of the NCAA on the NFL Combine, Tennessee, obviously, with only three guys headed there this year, and it's currently taking place. You know, this is the week of it. We're, we're rapidly, rapidly approaching the draft. But Kamal Haddon, Joe Milton, Jalen Wright, uh, headed to the Combine. Would love to see a situation where one of the tight ends made it. Um, would, would have loved, would have loved for Mel Keaton to have played his way to the Combine. Um largely based on his work, how big it was, how vital it was in, in 2022, uh, you know, replacing Cedric Tillman being a vital part of, of wins, Alabama and Florida. I mean, the two biggest wins of the year, arguably, um, would have loved for him to play his way into, into the combine was not in the cards. I think there is some blame to go around in, in multiple areas with, some of Joe's inconsistencies, some of the ways I think that either limited play calls or how much they trusted him with, with Ramel, obviously the drops are killer. When you look at Virginia, when you look at Texas A&M, the, that play that they schemed up for Ramel was, was just top notch and, and he didn't deliver. And it makes me wonder if some of those plays were executed, if he had more of a 2022 type of year, if, if he hadn't been able to maybe play himself into the combine at least, um, and, and to get a, a chance to really show out for the you know the greatest job interview of his life to this point, no matter what his his prior history is, uh, really hate that. Really thought a lot again of Ramel and and love what he gave for the program. Love anytime a guy comes from you know coming from a, a Jeremy Pruitt recruit or previously you know a, a Butch or a Dooley recruit, and then doing work for the next staff always means a lot to to the fans. We know. Um, and, and again, he, he just delivered so many clutch, so many vital moments, uh, along the way. So appreciate him for those do obviously, 
and and it goes for everyone. But wish him the very best, uh, you know, going forward. But whether that include football, whether it doesn't, whether it means moving on to to the next stage of life. Um, couple more quick things as I start to land the plane, and and kind of speaking of Kamal Haddon, um, saw his tweet, saw a couple tweets from Kamal back in towards the latter part of January. <sighs> You've probably heard everybody else as much as, you know, I've ranted about the NCAA. Uh, not tweeting at players. Very important, right? Um, but the reason for this is, let's say Kamal Haddon goes into the NFL. He is, you know, he has a Emmanuel Mosley or a Cam Sutton or a better, you know, professional, a better professional career than he did at Tennessee or a more consistent one at least. And, you know, he becomes a recruiting tool for Tennessee. He becomes someone that Martinez or Banks, you name it, the future coaches that that maybe they replace those guys down the line if those guys get poached or if they go elsewhere, if they retire, a recruiting tool. He's. It's very important to be able to point to guys, especially at, at a recruit's position, and, and say, look at him. Look at how we got him there. Look at the way his career transformed as he was here. So that's the reason, obviously, that I want to just mention this because of these tweets that that kind of made me wince a little bit when I saw them from Kamal. Uh, the first one, late night thought. Out of three years, I got scored on three times. And out of 20-something games, y'all, I'm sure he's talking about fans, only talk about two. LL, what's up with that? And then he mentioned 2021, South Alabama and Purdue. 2022, South Carolina. Um, his last tweet in the little thread. And the stats say I did what every player should do. Uh, which is each year drastically improve. So and I and you cannot deny um, that he was playing absolutely his best ball up to and including at Alabama when when he suffered that injury. I think he wanted to keep going and it just wasn't doable. Obviously required surgery. Obviously ended his career at Tennessee, uh, unfortunately because again of the turnaround that he had shown. Now here's the here's the difference. I think it you know you cannot put a kid on blast and and think that they won't see it. We know that players search their names. We know that players block fans of their school based on a hot take or or a fiery tweet that you put off in a minute. And I'm sitting here, I'll never forget the 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 missed tackle in the swamp. How that might have changed momentum and that game and made it to where Tennessee won in the swamp without 20 years going by. Um, you know what I mean? I'll never forget those things. But what I won't do and and what I would encourage everyone to not do is to to send off a tweet that a pro, you know the the alternative of being used as a recruiting tool and and a positive for your program as a turnaround as a guy that you helped dramatically is him talking to the prospect and saying well look at what they'll say about you and it happens everywhere we know this that's not an excuse to do it and I'm not trying to preach or or say that I don't think these things but again we just got to have some some self-awareness in in how it can impact recruiting thinking that they may not see it maybe you have a big follower base maybe you don't but they're going to search their name they're going to see it you're you're thinking it we're all thinking it in the moment i mean in in athens in 2022 i was hook hendon what are you doing what are you doing bro it's my thoughts right would never say that obviously um because of the good the good outweighs the bad no matter what and, and that obviously wasn't always the case for Kamal Haddon like it was for, for other players, especially including Hendon Hooker. But uh, these things are seen. They are out there. And, uh, and again, that's, that's, I think, as negative as, as some of the positives can be down the line. Um, started this episode, episode 
Fridays, right? Started this episode off talking about the positivity, that there is no bad. There is no bad to be found, right? Baseball, rocking, basketball, cruising right now, about to really, really meet the rubber and the road there. Football, obviously huge, huge hopeful expectations. I don't think you can go without acknowledging one Danny Watt. Um, the good has followed him. I mean, you talk about hiring Lance Leipold and I believe Nate Oates at, at Buffalo. Um, and situations like this, again, going to bring a, a Twitter post into the realm here. Uh, we've got at Will T. Tenpenny uh, tweeting, personally thank AD Danny Watt and the team need to create a big atmosphere outside the stadium with Jumbotron, tailgating, and player connection before or after the spring game. Give people the hop they want for Nico and co. And again, tell me a time when athletic director Philip Fulmer, uh, Mike Hamilton, old old balls from Alabama, tell me a time that those guys would be able to create atmospheres and make positive changes on campus, let alone a solid hire. Uh, and, and look, we know John Curry brought us Tony Vitello. That's the one good thing, right? We know that Fulmer, eh, he didn't do crap as AD. We know that. Danny Watt quotes it, we're on it. Pre- and post-game concerts in Lot 9, big screens to watch the spring game, as well as the baseball game. By the way, it's defending national champion LSU, who there's a little bit of bad blood with, a lot of beating each other up since Vitello has been uh, in Knoxville. Big screens to watch the spring game, as well as the baseball game later that evening. Uh, obviously, Danny wishes we could host more than 10, 15,000 people in Neyland with the uh, things, but unfortunately... This is the cost of progress, limiting the fans, obviously. Went on to say, still plenty of opportunity for tailgating, music, football, baseball, and Big Orange Fellowship. Looking forward to a fun day on Rocky Top. Tell me a time, folks. Tell me a time. Give me a, a, a date range, a year range, where we had this kind of synergy, where it was flowing and going. I mean, where the positivity, where we... Look at, look at G-Man Balls on Twitter or X. Go to his... Uh, appreciation or approval rating tweets. They're, they're out of the world. They're, they're out of this world for baseball, for basketball, for football, for AD. The AD is not a popular guy on a lot of campuses because you should have hired this guy. You should have done this. You should have done that. We should have been able to come to the spring game. It should be free. It's, it's a, it's, it's a often a lose, lose position. And my man is a certified rock star at it. Fixing the funds, fixing up the stadiums, doing all the things and doing them well. And just want to recognize that. I just want to say thank you. And, and I appreciate that. I thought he hired his buddy when he hired Josh Hopple. And I mean, he might've hired the savior of Tennessee football. We'll see. Tom will tell. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for this week. We're making it through this off season. Like I said, at the start, 16 days until spring practice. Number one, that means we're going to see little cut up videos of Nico throwing a swing pass, throwing a slant, Throwing it deep uh, or route on air. Hitting up squirrel. You know, we're going to see the new blood, the transfer blood. We're going to see video of it. Uh, and then eventually we're going to see some pads pop and some some red jerseys, some no contact jerseys, no doubt, uh, to protect the guys like Nico who, who who we can't afford to lose and such. We're days away. We're, we're two weeks away, basically. Relish it. Let's enjoy and 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 support the heck out of this basketball and baseball team. That's a wasted statement because Vol Nation does nothing better than support their own. But it was a fun little chat, fun little check-in. Uh, can't wait to do it again. Until that time, 
Thank you for checking out Pandemonium Rage podcast. Go ahead and like, share, and subscribe, especially on the YouTubes. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. God bless. GBO.